You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. You can check out my work on that website. If this is your first time listening to a Locked On podcast, welcome. We are a daily Boston College podcast, one of the only ones on the internet. Actually, I think we are the only daily Boston College podcast out there. There's many other podcasts. Some of them are great. But we do it every single day during the season. So you're going to get something very unique here. And if you haven't listened to some of our older episodes, it's super simple. You just go back in the directory. You can hit uh, play on a lot of them. And because, you know, there's not a lot of games going on right now because of COVID, all these older episodes are still relevant. So check them out. Go back and give a a listen. And make sure you hit subscribe when you uh, find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode, I want to talk about recruiting. And I'm going to go jump back in time a little bit. And I'm going to give you five under-the-radar recruits that Boston College nailed that ended up becoming stars at BC. So five of them. On top of that, I'm also going to talk about the basketball program. And this will be one that you're going to want to hear. I know a lot of you kind of zone out when I talk about, you know, the X's and O's of basketball because the team is playing so poorly. Today's episode is going to t- segment is going to talk about how do you fix this basketball program? What do you do? Because we can't just keep saying they stink. They're in the ACC. We've got to figure out what to do. I have some solutions I, I have in mind, so we're going to check into that. But before we do, let's get into the news. And today's news starts with football. Up on bcbulletin.com, I, I laid it out more, but wanted to talk about the schedule. We've talked about it already. On Thursday, the ACC is going to release their 2021 schedule. And Ken Segura of AJC, or the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and said today that his source of his says that the ACC is going to continue with the system that they had pre-COVID. So they're going to go back and continue with the scheduling that they were scheduled to have for 2021. That means Boston College is going to head to Death Valley to play Clemson for the third time in a row on the road. They're going to head to Syracuse and play Syracuse for three years in a row at the Carrier Dome. And they're going to play Georgia Tech. This time they're going to play them in Atlanta, but that's going to be two in a row against Georgia Tech. I guess the conference doesn't want to just mess around with things, and I get that. You're going to have to kind of balance around a lot of things. But the big news, you know, you're looking at that schedule, there's still one open slot. And as I've said over and over again, I think it's going to be an FCS school. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a Holy Cross or someone in their conference. You're going to have six home games for Boston College. Not the best, but this is one of those years where the season starts at Gillette Stadium against UMass. So perfect. You get basically seven seven games. And, and as someone who's been there multiple times, I cannot tell you how much fun the Gillette Stadium experience is. Um, I probably won't make it this year, at least as a fan. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do. You know, we don't know what uh, fan um, situ- the fan situation is going to be like at these games. You know, hopefully they'll have a full stadium as people, you know, we knock COVID on his butt and move on from it. But we don't know that yet. So there's seven most, you know, seven home games for Boston College. Six real ones and like a neutral site. 
Also, while we're talking football, just a name I saw pop up on the transfer portal. Again, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell who BC is interested in and who they're not. This kid, I don't think, has a Twitter page, so it's hard to tell if the coaches are into him or not. But it's Vincent Fleith, a cornerback from Maryland. He was originally recruited to the Terrapins by Azar Abdul-Rahim, and he also had Boston College in one of his final groupings. So, you know, you put the X's and O's together, that makes sense. Now, you know, warning here, we're just throwing a name out there. Boston College has quite the depth chart at defensive back. You know, they have a ton of secondary help. Do they need another person? That's the big question. I don't know that. I just saw that name and I, I started to put, you know, I started to, you know, put the puzzle together and it was like, ooh, this is a kid that may make sense for Boston College. So Vincent Fleith, he's from Washington, D.C. Just keep an eye on him. Maybe he will be. Maybe he won't be. But I love to I love to throw around names and see what's going on. No new news for basketball as they are still stuck in COVID um, protocols. They're, you know, on pause. I did see... Uh, an article today that I did not comment on that um, was in the rich. It was the, one of the Richmond art, uh, newspapers that talked about some teams saying that they might not even make it to the ACC tournament. You know, teams that don't have a chance at winning it. Cough, cough. Boston College probably. <laughs> they weren't mentioned in there, but you know, if you're talking about teams that have no chance of winning the ACC tournament, they would be one of them. Um, would that make a lot of sense for BC? Yeah. I mean, you're you're basically if you go to that tournament, picking up your kids and throwing them into you know another pool of other kids where it's another chance to get the virus. So some schools might just think, "Hey, I don't want to deal with that," and say no. So that's something else to keep an eye on. Maybe BC ends up pulling out of the ACC tournament. We'll we'll have to watch and see what their reactions are as they get closer to that tournament. I mean, basketball's only got another month and a half to go. Um, it seems like, you know, it's that Titanic gif again with the old woman that says it's been 84 years, um, but keep your eye on that. Now, the other sport I wanted to talk about today was hockey, as BC has their schedule for next weekend. They're going to play the BU Terriers. It'll be our first edition of the Battle of Com Ave between the Terriers and BC. Now, the Terriers are 5-1. and one. They have two big wins over UMass. They beat Maine, and they beat they won one out of two games uh, against Providence. They started their season really late, and they're not playing at Songus Arena. They're going to be playing at the Walter Brown Arena. And this is the first time that Boston College is playing at Walter Brown in years. It's where the women's hockey team plays. It's a smaller place. Um, so that's that's kind of a unique spin on this game. Now for tomorrow uh, for this weekend's games, it's going to be one game at BC on Friday at 6 p.m. That game will be on Nesson, and then on Saturday it's another 6 p.m. game at BU, and that uh, that will be one of those online only uh, games where you'll have to check it out on the the website and if you need to know how to access the hockey games come check out bc bulletin i will do a full game preview on friday afternoon that'll have the link on the site so you can watch that now when we come back we're going to talk about recruiting and i'm going to give you five under the radar recruits that boston college hit out of the park we'll talk about them in a moment but before we do i'm going to talk to you about built bar 
If you've listened to this podcast, you know how much I love the Built Bar. They have 18 flavors. I have a whole box of them at home, and I'm starting to get into them. I'm finding ones I haven't tried before that I really like. I had double chocolate today at lunch. Seriously, if you want a, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, you got to try this out. It, I couldn't believe that this was so good for you. It had 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, you know, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. You can't beat that. And that's what Built Bar is all about. And I've given them to my wife, and now we're a family of two eating Built Bars, and she can't she can't get enough of what we're, we're you know what we're eating here. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and these these are so much fun to eat. You know, some of these protein bars you get, you know, they're a chore to eat. They taste like chalk. They're tasting gross. Not Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious, and we have a special promotion with Built Bar that you're not gonna want to miss. You're going to get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com and if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, just head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Get some of those delicious bars at BuiltBar.com. Locked On Boston College, I want to talk to you about our newest podcast on the Locked On Network. If you have not checked it out, it's called Locked On Today. It's going to give you more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski holds Locked On Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day off with all the sports you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm telling you, this is a great podcast. If you just want a nice, condensed uh, news of what's going on in all sports and to hear it with you know some interjection from some of the best you know knowledgeable podcasters in the network locked on today has it they were talking about you know Kobe Bryant Aaron Rodgers they were talking about a college basketball game between West Virginia and Texas Tech yesterday and they do it in such a quick rapid moving way you're going to get a ton of information so Check out Locked On Today, hit that subscribe button, and make sure you get Locked On Today sent to you every single day. Locked On Boston College. Now, with games off, I like to think about some of the big topics in Boston College, or or just interesting topics to talk about. And obviously, recruiting is a big one that gets people thinking. And I'm not going to talk about the class of 21 and the class of 22. There's plenty of episodes that get into that, and I'll have more as we get into the off season when we can talk about these topics. But right now I want to jump back. Let's talk history. Let's talk about some BC history here. And one of the things I want to talk about, we're going to take Jeff Halfley out of the picture here. I want to talk about five guys, and this would probably have to be just Steve Adazio and Frank Spaziani, that they landed that ended up being real diamonds in the rough. You know, Boston College recruiting historically has not been about those four star blue chippers. You know, you have you have one those big guys every now and then, but every you know, what BC builds their program on are the the Luke Keekleys, the Mark Herzlings, the guys that aren't really over recruited by some of the bigger programs. So for this list, I'm gonna keep off the big names. The names that you always talk about when you talk about BC's successful recruits. So Harold Landry won't be on this. I'm not going to put A.J. Dillon on this list uh, because they're huge recruits. And any any guys that are I, I think of as like four stars, 
um, they're not going to be on this list either. So uh, these are the top five under-recruited recruits in the last 10 years. At number five is Hamp Cheevers out of Florida. I remember when he got recruited. I they, they announced that he was coming to Boston College. And I was like, who is this guy? And I looked at his recruiting profile and I was like, really? He he entered he was a two-star recruit. He had only one other major offer, and it was Kansas, which back then, of course, was not anything big. He was a class of 2012 in college in high school, and then 2016 at BC. He had you know, he was the 2700th rated uh, recruit of that class. And what did he do? He ended up leading Boston College in interceptions for a season. He had, and I think he believe he led the, the nation in, in interceptions. Now, what I was laughing about was when he came to Boston College, He it says on 247 he was 155 pounds. I swear I remember seeing a recruiting profile that had him at 140, which, I, you know, I didn't play football in high school. When I was a tiny kid, and I was I was I was more than 140 as a senior. I cannot believe he played and got a collegiate um, scholarship at 140 pounds, or even 155. That's still tiny, but hey, he ended up being an elite cornerback. I still don't agree with his decision to go pro when he did, but good for him. He ended up, you know, doing a really nice job as a cornerback at Boston College. At number five, Hamp Cheevers. At number four. He is Justin Simmons. Now, these numbers, I had a real hard time ranking because there were some really good under-the-radar players for BC. And Simmons has had a heck of a career so far in the NFL. You know, he's a pro bowler. He's going to sign a huge contract coming up soon. So, he, you know, I couldn't figure out where to put him. So, he's going to be number four just based off his collegiate work. Now, this is a kid that was a two-star, again, by uh, in Florida. He was number f- almost 1,500 in the country. He had one other major offer, and that was Illinois. Again, another program that isn't all that great. What does he do? He comes to Boston College and plays four years at all different positions in the secondary. You should have, We should have seen what he was going to become just based off of that. The kid played safety. He played cornerback. He did everything. And he is an amazing person, too. Obviously, he does a ton of work off the field. He's a BC guy through and through. So number four on my list is Justin Simmons. Now, my top three were tough. Were tough, tough decisions to make. We're going to finally leave the Sunshine State and go up to Maryland for our next pick. And that is going to be with John Johnson, who was at class 2013 another two-star recruit. Now, John Johnson, just like Justin Simmons, has had another heck of a career as an NFL player, and he was great at Boston College. You know, you look at what... I, I know people hate talking about Steve Adazio, but look at what he and Don Brown and that defensive group were able to do to revitalize the secondary at BC because it kind of just bled into what Jeff Halfley's doing. I know Adazio's staff kind of just dipped at the end, but, you know, BC is now a school known for their secondary. You know, they have the guys coming up now, and you have even more. You have the C.J. Burtons coming in that are seeing a school that has the history and now the coaching to do it. It started with guys like John Johnson, and he had, you know, some big seasons for BC. He had six career uh, 
interceptions for the for the Eagles, and you know now is in the NFL doing his thing. So John Johnson comes in at number three. Now number two and number one are more recent, and they're the other side of the ball. So we're going offense now. Number two, I'm going to go with Hunter Long. Now he just left Boston College. But you need to know, like, you need to really think about what his career came from and where he came from to understand how underappreciated he was coming out of high school. Now, Hunter Long was rated a little higher than the other previous three. He was a three-star recruit. But look at his offer list. He had zero Power 5 offers. Now, Hunter Long is arguably one of the top two or three tight ends in the country this year. And he was good last year too, so he is, you know he's going to have a, a heck of an NFL career. He's probably going to be a second or third round draft pick. He had zero Power Five offers, which is mind blowing. You know he heard from UConn and Fordham and Holy Cross and UMass, but no other Power Five schools. They all whiffed on this kid from Exeter, New Hampshire. Now I know you know you're probably thinking the same thing. Like, what big recruits come from New Hampshire? Well, there's Hunter Long for you. So he's number two on my list, and our number one under-recruited player in the last ten years is going to be on the offensive line, and that is Chris Lindstrom. Now Chris Lindstrom, also a three-star recruit, only had one other offer, and that was from Old Dominion. He had no Power Five offers other than Boston College. Now, my, part of that was that it was shut. He was shut down. And, you know, he shut down his recruiting pretty early. He's a kid that had family connections to Boston College, so it was no surprise that he picked BC. But when you have a kid that's talented, other schools are going to call. You know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if the kid, you know, has, uh, you know, already set his sights on BC. Good coaches are going to want you no matter what. Chris Lindstrom was one of the best defensive, I mean, offensive linemen BC's had in the last 25 years. And that's saying a lot because BC's had some heck of a, some really good offensive linemen. Chris Lindstrom's one of the best. You know, at guard, he is, you know, a, a first, high first round draft pick. He was a mauler on an offensive line that was asked to do a lot. And he's one of the best under-recruited Boston College players of all time. He is the best in the last 10 years. So Chris Lindstrom, number one on my list. Now, I was going through my list and thinking of who else could have made it and who just just missed it. Right on the edge was Matt Milano, you know, the linebacker. And I'd also throw another linebacker in there, Max Richardson. He only had a two. He was only a two-star recruit as well. So that you know that BC has a lot of them. And I was just thinking in the last 10 years, who were some of the best? So, do you agree with me? Disagree with me? Let me hear about it on Twitter at LockedOnBC. In a moment, we're going to talk about the basketball program, which is in rough shape, and we're going to talk about what the Eagles need to do and what the athletic department needs to do to fix that program. But first, let's talk to talk about BetOnline.ag. Are you ready for football? We are heading towards the big game, and there's big bets that can be made at betonline.ag. The NFL is heading to the Super Bowl, and it's the Chiefs and the Bucks. And you can get your bets on the lines and everything else you can think of. They have prop bets. They have over-unders. You name it, they have it for the big game. You want to make sure you check that out. On top of that, betonline.ag has college basketball. They have the NHL, NBA, they have everything that you want to make your wagers and make yourself a little money. 
you want to head over to betonline.ag. Now, there is only one place that has you covered and one place you trust. We trust you on the Lockdown Network. And they're going to give you a free account if you go over to betonline.ag and a 50% welcome bonus. That means you put in 100 bucks, they're going to give you 50 bucks, and that's a win right there. Now, head on over to betonline.ag and sign up for that free account. And don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, let me tell you about our friends at Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want to win more money, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, hockey, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Boston College. Here we go. Let's jump into basketball. I know we're, we're all dying to know. What do I think should be some things that need to happen to fix this basketball program? Now, if you've been following Boston College basketball as long as I have, you've seen this program dip into complete obscurity in the last 12 years. Since 2007 and 8, Boston College basketball has not done a lick of things on the national level. They've won a game here or there. You know, they've beaten some top-seeded teams. But overall, they have not been anything to watch. They've not been consistently good. They have not played well. You know, you got Jim Christian out there who's lost, you know, 30, you know, 70% of his his conference games as the coach. So, the question remains, what do you do to fix this program? And I got some ideas. Okay, so the first thing that needs to happen, you need to build a practice facility. And I've talked about whether or not it's going to happen. You know, you've heard mixed uh messages of when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, whatever, it's going to happen. That has to be priority number one, because that is going to get you a new coach. It's going to get you recruits. It's going to change the outlook of this program. So hopefully if BC is going to move on from Jim Christian in the next two months, we're going to find out in the next six weeks, there's going to be a new practice facility. That needs to happen first, because if you don't have that, you're going to end up not being able to attract good coaches because basketball is not the same as football. You know, in football, you have that linear progression where a coach starts at, you know, as a coordinator and then ends up at a, at a middle school, you know, a middle uh, conference school, then ends up at a power school. College basketball is not like that. Kid, uh, you know, coaches can survive at a middle program, you know, a mid-conference program and be totally fine because they can compete in college you know, a school like St. Louis or, you know, even Drake right now, uh, they're, they're, these are schools that have smaller programs but can, can compete. And they're going to pull a coach from that. You need to show that you're a program that's above them. And Boston College right now can't do that. So they need that, that practice facility. That's number one. That's like the, the, the big thing. And maybe they don't need to announce it to the public. They need to be able to sell it to coaches. Maybe it's not that they have, you know, they can't say that it's going to be there and there, but that they're like, okay, in the next like two weeks, we're going to explain, we're going to have this announced so you can use this for a recruiting tool. Big number one. Obviously, the big, you know, next step is you got to move on from Jim Christian. You know, no offense to the guy. I don't like talking about losing guys, people lose, anyone losing their jobs, but I, 
BC's not going to move to the next level with Jim Christian. He's not the right answer for this program. He's not an ACC coach. So that's going to be number two. And we're going to talk more about that as we get closer and we start to hear more about the hot seat. And we'll, we'll get into that. Believe me, when time is there, I will talk about you know what BC needs to do. But we have two months, and they're not going to fire him before the end of the year. Now, once you have the practice facility or the plans of a practice facility, you have a new coach, you have the staff in place, you need to have a good assistant staff. And I, to credit to what Jim Christian has now, I think Scott Spinelli's awesome, and I would love to see him back. But you need good assistant coaches. Just like you see with Jeff Halfley, you need that at the collegiate level too. So figuring that piece out. On top of that, Moving forward, this program desperately needs a big. When was the last time Boston College had a legitimate big? Like a guy that could bang on the boards, that could play the five, that could do all those things. Now, you can't tell me that Nick Popovic did that because he's not. He's not a big. You know, he's big, but he was more of, you know, he's he was more of a wing than anything. Dennis Clifford... He was he was fine, but he's not the type of ACC center that you need. And BC has no one on the roster right now. Justin Vanderbond might turn into that, but they don't have that. They need somebody to be able to do that because y- you cannot build a roster with four good players and nothing in the middle or someone completely out of position like they have right now. That needs to be fixed. You need a center so badly. <laughs> This and the fi- my final piece. So you have you need a practice facility, a new coach, n- a good assistance, a center. You need to build. Uh, actually, I have two things. You need to build depth on this on this team, and that is through recruiting and transfers. And Jim Christian has tried. I just don't agree with the system he has. You you look at what the recruits that they have right now on this team and the transfers that they have, and every year it seems like you get recruit transfers that don't belong at the ACC level. And I don't see them on this team right now. They just don't have the depth on this team, but you've seen plenty of other guys come through. Uh, You know, my goodness, you could, you could name a dozen, you know, transfers that came in that were not good fits for this program. And then you have the recruits be once, hopefully once BC has some stability and can figure out, you know, administrative support and all that kind of stuff, they'll be able to get some kids in here that can build that depth because they do not they do not have that right now. And it's so important because you look at, remember the Al Skinner teams. Some of the best teams, it was like, you know, you had two centers. You had Nate Dornacamp and you had Sean Williams. You had, you know, all this depth at all four, five positions. They need that again. And they're, they're not close, right? They're, I mean, they got depth right now, but it's not depth depth like you need to get better players in here and it's not happening and the final piece whoever this coach is whoever brings this team into the you know 2021 22 season they need to figure out some sort of identity for this team because boston college right now does not have any and that's you know on the staff that's you know they don't just they just don't have it they need to, you know, are they a, a solid defensive team? You know, you look at, I'll bring up Al Skinner again. He was a team built off of that flex offense. Everyone knew that was the identity of that team, but you knew it. 
You knew what that was. Boston College hasn't had that since Al Skinner. You know, figure out something that makes this team special, makes this team good. Is it three-point shooting? Is it that, you know, they push tempo? Is it their defense? I don't care what it is, but just get a identity that you can sell to recruits in the fan base and you will be in better shape. Now, that's my recipe for success. And I think after that, you'll get wins. When you get wins, the fans will return, the students will return. And that is what will happen. I know Jarmond and Brad Bates, they tried whatever they could to get students back. The key is you got to win. And they're not winning. So when they start to do that again, everyone will return. They'll get more fans in a Conti Stadium, a Conti Forum. It won't be Conti Morgue anymore. And you'll have that basketball program back where it needs to be and back to competing in the ACC. That's my thoughts. I might have missed something. If you thought so, let me know. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow the site account at LockedOnBC. And you can find my site at bcbulletin.com. I write about Boston College. I've done it for years. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please give us a five-star review on Apple and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much. We will be back tomorrow with another episode and we will see you then. Take care, everyone.